Hi friends, welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And if you're here for the first time, let me just tell you that you've joined a community of people all around the world in 154 countries up to date who have made the decision to make the study of the Bible part of the rhythm of their daily lives. So I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to join with us today. This is a community of people who've all made that decision and you're most very welcome to be part of it. And if you're here for the first time, make sure you stick around to the end where I can tell you lots of other ways you can connect with this teaching, this ministry, always free, freely available in the public domain for you to use in whatever way you want. With that all said, let's drop back into the main text and we're picking up a new section on Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And today we're thinking about how we use the resources that God has given us. Do we store up treasure in heaven or treasure on earth? And I've called today's talk, You Can't Take It With You. Okay, we're picking up today in Matthew chapter 6 well into this teaching we've been in for quite a few weeks now on the Sermon on the Mount and we're going to be picking up the text at Matthew 6.19 and I've called today's episode You Can't Take It With You. That's quite a familiar saying isn't it? I'm sure you've heard that adage you can't take it with you. In fact I've heard that in Spanish there's a similar saying which translated says something along the lines of there are no pockets in a funeral shroud. So again, very much saying the same sort of thing. But suppose that if I were to tell you that that's not actually true. Suppose I told you that no less than Jesus himself said there was something you could take with you, something that you could take with you beyond this life. Well, you'd probably immediately have a number of questions whiz round in your head. Perhaps some of you are thinking, well, this guy's finally lost his marbles. But believe me, friends, that's what Jesus is teaching here. So let me show you where he taught it and what he said and how you really can take it with you and what exactly it is that you can take with you. It's right here in the middle of this famous passage called the Sermon of the Mount. In the middle of these three chapters, Jesus And of course, so far he's been talking about righteousness and all along he's been contrasting the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, which was a sort of external righteousness and he's contrasting it with real inner righteousness, a righteousness that begins with having the correct internal attitude. So up to this point, he's been discussing the precepts of false righteousness. In chapter 5, he talked about the practices of false righteousness. And in chapter 6, at least in the first part of this chapter, he gave us three prohibitions. He's going to say things that we should not do. And the first of these we're going to look at today, which is to lay up treasure in heaven. But before we look at the verses, I'd like to just back up for a second and remind you that throughout this Sermon on the Mount, thus far, Jesus has been referring to the subject of rewards alongside the teaching that he's giving. 
An early example of this was when we launched off in chapter 5. He said that if you were persecuted, that you should be rejoiced and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And in chapter 6, when he talked about charitable giving, and he illustrated that by saying that if you do that before men, then what you'll get is what you're after, which is the praise and the plaudits of other men and women. But he also said that if you do that in secret, before just your heavenly father, that he would reward you what was called openly. And then, of course, we've talked about prayer. And again, he said, don't be like the hypocrites and pay in public. If that's what you're doing, you're just doing it to gain their attention. But if you pray, you should do that and go on to the Lord and do that privately before the Lord and he will reward you again openly. And then finally, last time, we've just been looking at this issue about fasting and he says exactly the same thing. That is, that if you fast and if you're doing it to be seen by other people and to play religious, then the only reward you'll get will be the false praise of those other people. However, if you choose to do it in secret, as unto the Lord, he will see what you're doing and he will again reward you. My point is simply this, friends, that if you just read the Sermon on the Mount, you will see the major theme is righteousness. But it's very helpful to know that one of the sub-themes underpinning this teaching in this message of Jesus, in this famous passage, is that the rewards you will receive by living this way. Jesus is making it very clear that if you follow real righteousness, that when you begin to do everything with the correct internal attitude, great will be your reward in heaven. God will bless and reward you. Having established all of that, he comes now to say, look, you can either make a choice here. You can choose to lay up your treasures on earth, or you can lay up your treasure in heaven. And you can't help connect this perspective and this teaching to everything that's gone before. What he has in mind is us doing things again to be seen by men, by other people, versus doing things in a way that they are seen and known by God. But at the same time, there's no question that in this section, he's actually talking about material things and he's contrasting them to spiritual things. And the following illustration tells us about exactly what is involved of all of this. So let's begin with seeking to pile up treasures, rewards on earth. Let's look at what he says. And first of all, he tells us this, verse 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So again, Jesus begins to unpack this issue in the usual way we've seen so far. We have seen him address everything this way so far. And he begins by saying, look, this is what you should not be doing. And he says, do not lay up for yourself treasure on earth. Now, in the original text, the words that's translated lay up is the verb form of the noun, which could be translated treasure. So what he's saying literally is like a play on words. He's saying, don't treasure treasures. In the earliest part of the Old Testament story, there was really only one measure of wealth, and that was livestock. But as time progressed and the biblical narrative continued, by the time we get to the New Testament, when this was written, there were really three main kinds of ways that wealth was measured. The first 
was through the ownership of elaborate, expensive clothing, jewellery, etc. That's kind of self-explanatory, is it? And it's that way a bit to this day still among certain sections of society. The other way that wealth was measured, the second way, was crops stored in barns. Of course, that meant when famine came that you would have plenty of crops to eat and you could then, even if you had an abundance, you could sell them at a profit and the harder the times, the greater profit you could make and you could get rich very quickly. And then the third form of wealth, measurement of wealth, was the ownership of precious metals, such as gold and silver. Now, we need to draw attention to the fact that further to that, the Pharisees taught that the ones the Lord loves, he made rich. They, you see, connected righteousness with wealth and riches, just as some teach today. And since most of the Pharisees were fairly wealthy by the standard of their day, their attitude was, well, it's obvious that I'm righteous because I'm rich. And that was the sort of attitude that Jesus is addressing then and he's addressing here for us today. Jesus is teaching that we should not just aim to lay up material wealth on earth for the simple reason that all of that stuff is temporary. It's not secure. It's not permanent. And all kind of natural and human events could cause, could come along and destroy and wipe out that kind of wealth. Rust or thieves or rot can destroy, well, material wealth. Moths, the example he's giving, obviously, in that day is moths will eat up garments. Rust will destroy jewellery and precious metals. And thieves can break in and steal livestock or any other valuables. Talking about the kinds of wealth that existed in ancient days, and he's addressing how they all are subject to loss. But we measure wealth by different ways today, don't we? By houses, by cars the contents of bank accounts, the ownership of boats or stocks and bonds. But really, when you think about it, the same thing is true because today all those kinds of wealth are not secure either. None of them are permanent. They're all at risk from fire, flood, pandemic, hurricane, earthquakes, even stocks and bonds and investments and even the most secure of bank accounts are at the mercy of a fluctuating stock market. And all earthly treasures are subject to the potential for loss or destruction. A simple reality is that you can live for material possessions. You can make a decision to live to try and gain material life. But you're kidding yourself if you believe that's secure. There is nothing secure or permanent about any of those. Now let me just pause for a moment and clarify something that I think is worth mentioning here. Jesus is definitely not teaching that it's wrong to be wealthy. The Bible does not support that idea. God created material blessings. As a matter of fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul addresses rich people and tells them that God gave them their wealth to richly enjoy and to bless others with it. So the Bible says there's nothing wrong with having money in and of itself. That's not the problem. The problem is not having money. The problem is money having you. By the way, that's the chapter which has the famous quotes about it is the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. But there's nothing wrong with possessing something. The problem is when we allow something to possess us. 
So with that in mind, let me remind you what Jesus is saying. And he's saying that it's really kind of futile to try and accumulate wealth in that way because there's nothing permanent about it. It's always going to be subject to loss and destruction. There is no way on earth you're going to keep it secure. If you try and accumulate it and you try and protect it, there's nothing you can do in the fullness of time at the end of all things from it eroding away. It just can't be done. In one of our Sunday supplement magazines here, I once read the interesting story of, of a man who was the official photographer of John F. Kennedy in the 60s. I can't actually remember his name, but during the time of, of Kennedy's presidency, he very meticulously documented what he knew would be a very important time, not only in American history, but in world history. And he created an archive of over 40,000 negatives of John F. Kennedy, his family, the administration, and the events of the time. Now, only approximately 400 of those pictures were ever made public. And when that happened, he would personally take the print of the negative to get it developed. He was very concerned that he should preserve that great treasure of photographs and archive for posterity. Upon his death, he had it arranged to have that archive put in the safety deposit vault at the J.P. Morgan Chase Manhattan Bank in New York. I didn't mention the address of that bank. It was the branch on the fifth floor of the World Trade Center. And when those planes on September 11th flew into the World Trade Center, the building was, as you know, well, it came down, it was completely leveled. For months afterwards, teams of engineers operating special forklift trucks that were capable of carrying 100 tonnes per lift, thousands of dump trucks, hundreds of crane operators were all employed and brought to clear the site. Now, some of the large vault boxes were found, but when they were opened, they were found to simply be filled with ashes. The only thing that survived was the twisted metal of the boxes themselves, All that was inside was completely eviscerated. All that stuff that you believe you've accumulated, all that stuff, even if you put it in the bank, even if you think it's safe there, in a sense, that's just a dream. It's an illusion. Jesus is saying it can't be kept safe there. There's nothing you can do that will make it permanent. There's nothing you can do to stop it devaluing. Which is why he says, instead of trying to lay up treasures on earth, lay up for yourself treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Very clearly, the point being made here in this passage is fairly straightforward. And Jesus is saying, don't lay up stuff on earth. He's saying rather, in verse 20, lay it up in heaven. That's his lithy saying, look, instead of accumulating money, implied that you're using it, you're keeping it for yourself, you're hoarding it. If you use it for the kingdom of God, then that will give you treasure in heaven. That's clearly the point he's making, not just here in these couple of verses, but that is the whole point throughout the whole Sermon on the Mount, throughout this whole scripture. So he's saying, laying up for yourself treasure in heaven and the things you do by following the law of internal righteousness will by nature lay up treasures in heaven because you're using it to build something permanent. You're using it to build the kingdom of God. 
An early Roman historian told of a situation, wrote of a situation in the 3rd century where the Roman army, who were heavily into persecuting the church at that time, he wrote of a situation where they went into a church and they demanded that the pastor, the minister, the leader of that congregation showed the army where they kept the treasure, where the money was kept from the offering that was taken every week. The pastor, the church leader, simply pointed out the window outside and there were being orphans being fed And he pointed to the sick who were being nursed and to the poor whose needs were being supplied. And he said, there are the treasures of the church. And he added, the church has always believed that what we keep we lose and what we spend we have. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. He is saying, if you do that, if you lay it up in heaven, then nothing can take it away. Moths can't get at it, nothing will corrode it, fire can't destroy it, and no one can steal it. The point is, works of grace are permanent. Obviously they're permanent, and because they are eternal, that's what we should be doing. And that is exactly what Jesus is saying here. He's telling us to concentrate on the things that will really last. In other words, to put it in the vernacular, you know what, you can't take this stuff with you. Invest it in something permanent. Someone once wrote many years ago, and I quote, In the hour of man's departure, neither silver nor gold or precious stones accompany him, but only his knowledge of the law of God and of the good works stand forever. There are only two things that are permanent, and there are only two things that are eternal in this life, and that is the word of God and the works of the people of God. The word of God and the works of love and grace that are extrapolated out by understanding the word of God and applying it in your life and into the lives of others around you. If you give yourself over to the study of scripture in this life and to the serving of other people, then you are actually storing up treasure in heaven. But the more you try and accumulate and hold on to stuff and maybe even create fame or fortune or pleasures on this earth, all that's doing is creating stuff that's just going to, well, it's going to be the bigger the bonfire you're going to have to have before you stand before the judgment seat of Christ because all of it is going up in smoke and none of it is going with you. So wise up, give yourself over to the scripture and to the service of other people with the resources that God has given you. Don't just lay up treasure on earth. Give it back to your Father in heaven. Don't hoard things where hands might steal it. Place it beyond the reach of human hands by investing in the kingdom of God and in the work and the care of other people. Don't save money for money's sake. That's one saying. saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't secure your financial future. Of course you should where you're able, but don't just save money for money's sake. Invest also in saving lives by investing also in the lives of other people. Don't just save for this world, also save for the next. And look at what he he says in the next verse. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. What an amazing insight this is. This is probably exactly backwards from what many people think. They think, here's the way we think, wherever your heart is, that's where your money is, right? Well, that's sort of true in a way, And but, but what's important to note here, the amazing thing is Jesus has just flipped that and said, where your treasure is, so that's where your heart is going to be. 
So what Jesus is telling us is that we should start, we should begin today to begin putting our treasure where we ought to be, where our hearts ought to be, because if we begin to do that, then our hearts will follow that process. He's getting at the real issue, the real issue that's always been the real issue in this passage, and that is it's about discernment. In these three chapters, called the Sermon on the Mount, it's all been teaching about inner righteousness. In other words, where your heart is, discerning where your heart is, because where your treasure is, that points to where your heart really is. This is trying to teach us that where a heart is should act as a pointer and will act as a pointer to what we value in life. People's posture of heart, the living out of the posture in heart, tends to follow what they treasure. In other words, he's saying, if what you treasure are the things of this world, that's where the world is going to constantly drag you and that's where your heart is is constantly going to be going towards. There's a famous literary figure from Britain from a few centuries ago called Dr. Johnson. He was the man who created the first dictionary in the English language and he was famous for his capacity for words and also for his irony. Once when he was shown round a castle and he looked at all the material wealth that was being shown to him, he said rather humorously, and I quote, these are the things that make it very difficult to die. But what Jesus is saying is you put your treasure in the right place and your heart will follow. Get your priorities straight and you will get rewarded with what really matters, not only in this life, but in heaven to come. And to clarify this point, Jesus will now give us two illustrations. And I want us to look at them because they really focus in on the fact that this is all about having discernment to recognize the posture of your heart. But we'll do that in tomorrow's episode. Okay friends, that's it. I do hope you find it helpful. We'll close off this section on laying up treasure in heaven tomorrow. As I said at the beginning, if you're here for the first time, well, you're very welcome. You've joined a community of tens of thousands of people who've made that active decision to make the study of the Bible part of the rhythm of their daily lives. And you too can do that by just clicking on the subscribe button to wherever you get your podcasts from and you won't have to miss another episode ever again. And if you are new, I'd just like to point out a couple of things. The podcast is hosted on thebibleproject.buzzsprout.com or wherever you happen to get your podcasts from. There should be a link through to episode notes. And within that, you'll find a transcript of each and every one of these talks that I've given. But also you'll find links there to ways in which you can connect to my ministry and other resources. Places like, yes, the Buzzsprout website, but also places like the Facebook page, the YouTube channel, and places where you can access other more structured teaching I do, like discipleship type courses, which I tend to put on LinkedIn and on my Patreon page. So go check out the episode notes page, wherever you're getting your podcasts from. 
And with that said, that's it for today. I'm so glad that you've made the decision to be part of this community as we struggle, work together through not just the reading of the Bible, but the study of the Bible. I do hope that God is blessing you through it. I know he's blessing me in the preparation of it. And I do hope also that I'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now.